Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Americans. Welcome to another I am Vice, I'm required at the table of the communication manager off road. And we got a special episode for you today. We are in your motorsports park, and we are here with the two main protagonists in the Mission King of the Baggers Championship, which culminates today. And probably what we decided between these two riders, we got to my right, we have Mission Food, SMS Cycle, Indian Challenger Teams, Tyler O'Hara from Cataluna. California. And the other side to uh, I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> 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 two balls left. We have HD Screaming Eagles, uh, uh, Indian, Indian, no. Harley Davidson. God dang, Sean. HD Screaming Eagle, Roadline Special Rider, Travis Winding, who is leading the championship by three points going into this final round. Uh, is anybody's guess who's going to win it? We're going to talk about these guys. I, I think they're fierce fighters, but we'll find out. And if there's any wrestling involved, I'm going to step back and let it out. I'm nervous a little bit. You're nervous? Yeah, I feel like Joe Rogan at like a UFC thing. You know what I mean? Like if somebody throws a punch, it just don't want it to hit me. <laughs> Um, going in, and what, do you have a plan in mind for what you're going to do this lead every session and lead every few minutes of race and the challenge to whatever leading you do? Yeah, obviously, the plan is to walk out of here with the crown. Uh, just take it one session at a time. But you know, uh, our bikes are really good off the start. So we're going to really focus on getting a good start. And, and then, uh, you know, just chipping away. And, um, you know, it's a team effort this weekend. And, uh, you know, we, these guys have tested here a couple of times and we were fortunate enough to come here and test too. So I really don't feel like there's any advantage there. Um, got up to speed really fast and this track's fairly easy to learn and, uh, been here a few times in the past and done quite well. So just, uh, just take it as the day goes on one session at a time and just, uh, do my best. And I'm really fortunate and grateful for this opportunity and just enjoy it. It's cool for us, but are you happy with the way that is? Would you rather have points to try this, have a bigger lead, and or do you think this sets up for you as a three-point and see what happens? Um, I mean, the three points really doesn't matter at this stage because it's it's really whoever beats who. I think there's really one scenario where we could essentially tie in points. Um, I do think it would have been more exciting for the fans to have Kyle in the the championship fight too, but um. I think it'll be exciting for the fans. Good for me and Tyler, you know, and um, I'm sure it'll make for some good racing. You guys both tested here, as you said. Now, you don't have to give me lap times or anything like that. I'm not asking for that. But usually from those tests, when your rivals are also at a test, you can either leave feeling really good about yourself or leave feeling a little less than good about yourself. Do you guys both leave that test feeling pretty good? Yeah, man, I left the test feeling very confident, and we definitely made some improvements with our bike setup and have my teammate, Jeremy McWilliams. Uh, every time we're able to do a test, we make big strides and get more comfortable on the bike, and I felt like we achieved that. And then just to get an eye on these guys and see 
see what they're all about. It was really good to be on track with them and just, uh, just, you know, go home and know we have something for them. And, you know, like he said, at the end of the day, the best man's going to win. So just, uh, we'll see on Sunday. Uh, I mean, for me, this isn't my favorite track in the calendar, but I've been able to spend a lot of time here this year. Uh, we tested earlier in the year on the Harleys and then we tested, um, the BMWs We were here for two days and then we just came back for two more days on the Harley. So I definitely feel more confident, but, um, We'll see how it shapes up. The, the weather conditions were, it was a lot hotter when we tested here and it's going to be a little cooler this weekend. So we'll see what, what that makes uh, changes. I don't want either one of you to take this the wrong way because I don't mean it in the wrong way in what any way, shape or form. But when I, when I think of you two guys, I think of you as somebody who races like with their heart. And I think of you as somebody that races more with their head. And again, I think both of them are good. They both work and they're obviously both working for you, but do you guys kind of, do you see it that way a little bit too? Or am I totally off base or you're not going to answer me? You wish I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'd say that's, it's probably pretty accurate. I mean, me and Tyler have been racing together uh, for a long time now. So we kind of have a feel for how each other approaches the sessions and the races. But um, for me, I, I'd say I'm pretty relaxed and composed when it comes to going out on track and then pretty focused as soon as the shield comes down. But. I mean, I'm passionate about it, obviously, and, and winning is everything. And, and I put my heart and soul into this and prepare to win. And just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm over the years, I've become more intelligent as well and being able to think on the bike. And obviously, the championship weekend, you got to be able to think a little bit and know the situ situation, understand the situation. But, uh, I mean, I think you, as you mature, you get uh, a little bit more articulate about how you approach things. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. How much how much do you think teammates are going to come into play here? I mean, or guys at least on the same brand, whether they're teammates or not. I'd say for me and Kyle, we've, we worked together since we got on the bikes and became teammates. So I think more or less in practicing qualifying, I mean, it, it's, it's really going to depend on who's quicker and what, but I'm sure we'll compare some data and try and figure out, you know, how to improve my bike and improve my pace. But in the race, I think it's really just going to come down to the start and how we shape up coming out of turn one. Now, he's got his brother here, obviously, so they're all in together. But you know what? You've got a guy in your corner that I know is all in with helping you as well, and, and he's pretty good about you know knowing what he's doing with the motorcycle, and that's Jeremy McWilliams. Yeah, Jeremy McWilliams, is, he's a world-class rider, you know. and I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, no BS is between me and Travis, and I, I prefer it that way. We just race each other and best man wins obviously you know it's racing and like you said it's going to be down to the start and qualifying is going to be very important our bikes are really good off of starts all year and consistent like you said it's going to be race to the first turn and then just managing the race but uh you know there's a lot quite a few more indians this year than there were the last couple of years which is uh which is really great because i have some allies out there and uh you know the wrecking crew and everyone's out here to race and you know there's one goal one vision and that's for indian to win the championship yeah, I mean, beyond, beyond your teammate, you're going to play for Tyler Williams. Tell, Tyler, talk about the way he's teamed with you around him. That, that brand, I mean, that's not, that's not a cycle, but it's going to be, um, you know, the next team to get the crowd. Does the team, you want to do it for the team as much as yourself? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. These SNS cycles, whole team, they work so hard. I mean, I arguably nobody works harder than them. They said they got over 10,000 man hours into this project this year, working on our bikes and, 
you know, it's uh, these guys want to win just as bad as I do. So, you know, pressure is a privilege and I want to win just as bad for them. And, um, you know, we're, you know, David versus Goliath, uh, really, as far as it comes to budget and everything. So just uh, we're the underdogs. We have no pressure and um, just excited for the opportunity and just going to chip away at it. Yeah, yeah, and Travis, and then you get a player in order to play that company behind you, you get a few factory rides, and then obviously, in the team's thing last year, Travis had the number one on the flight. It's always stated with championship, whether it's in any sport, it's, it's tough, tougher to hang on to it than just a sweet second time around, probably. So, and, and for you to have a number of brothers, I mean, you want to keep it in the family, right? So, it's, it's huge for you, but also for the company. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal for me personally and for the company on many different levels. I've been doing this now professionally for 15 years and I've never actually won a national professional title. So uh, to come away with one after this weekend would be amazing. And to do it for Harley Davidson, a brand that I've you know, grown up in and my family has a dealership would be even better. But I think mostly just the support that I've gotten from all the fans that Harley supporters from around the world is, is pretty amazing. So I feel like there's a lot of weight on my shoulders to get the job done, but I know it's not going to be easy. So, um, yeah, and, and a, a ton of different levels. This means a lot to me. So we'll see how it shapes up. Yeah, Tyler, talk to you a little bit about this, this story about the challenge because the challenge is this three race cash for cash in this whole thing. When for you, you've won two of them, so you're taking a ten thousand dollars, you're going to get another five, fifteen, I mean, that's the number of games you can win. So does that distract you from the, the more proper and important thing of winning the championship? Is it, is it add to it? Give you anything to work from that challenge for the race? And how do you separate those things we're adding together? I mean, anytime you put some money out in front of us, we're gonna we're gonna get our elbows up and go try to race it and win the motherfucker. Excuse my language, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's a momentum thing. You know, if you can win the challenge on Saturday, you got the momentum. They got to sleep on it. They know you're fast. They know you can win. And uh, you know, I think it's important. We used to set the grid position, which was always nice to to be on the pole. Um, you know, and the difference between qualifying and practice is that is qualifying is, is lap time and racing is position. So I'm a racer and, you know, anytime there's a race, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity and I love to race. And like I said, I'm just so grateful and for this opportunity to be out here racing for Indian motorcycle, S and cycles and our partners, Medallia, Mission Foods, everybody and my whole team and the fans, everyone supports us. It's just, uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, my focus was on the challenge because, you know, seven rounds, six challenge races, there's a lot of money up for grabs, but I haven't really had the best luck in the challenge races so far. And um, it actually kept me from getting pole at, I think, Daytona. And um, so for me, I think it's more important this weekend to just kind of get a shakedown for the start and how turn one's going to look. And um, it's basically like a, a setup for the, the big dance on Sunday. So um, for me, the focus is on the championship. So if there's going to be like a neck and neck battle in the, in the challenge, I don't know how much I'm going to put on the line in order to get that money because I just want to focus on Sunday. But We'll see. I mean, every, anything can happen between tomorrow and Saturday and qualifying, and we'll see um, where we sh where we uh, line up on the grid. Now, Travis is obviously racing in 
the baggers, but he's also got Superbike and Stock 1000. Is that, does that help you, do you think, just more track time? I know they're completely different motorcycles, but does it help you just get your brain up to speed and keep it up to speed? Or does it hinder you because of how much physical exertion there is? Um, it does and it doesn't. I mean, I had the opportunity to race like at Road America. I was in the Superbike race right before the, the bagger race. So I got to see the track and the conditions and ended up going out and winning. But um, it definitely hurts me physically when it comes to Sunday afternoon. But I do have some leeway and, you know, what's how much sessions I want to run, how much time I want to spend on track. But it's going to be valuable for me to just get some more seat time, I think, um, over the competition because I have the opportunity to race and grid up and get those things out of the system. And, um, I think it'll be beneficial this weekend. So, uh, something that gets the comments on Facebook, uh, back then. And in the beginning, I was a little happy with the baggage thing, but I'm totally converted. I see it for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously the last time I did it, you know, what you guys do off the start line. But the one thing somebody said with regard to that, this weekend is going to be another lower watch for that qualifier going to go through whatever that is. So, so it something about how you would time it you would need to be to kind of with a stopwatch would be a calendar. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, because a lot of times the Laguna were faster than Wayne Rainey did back when he was in his GP days. So you guys are pulling some pretty serious stuff. And I flew it up and I did put a comment in there saying, I think they've never been to the racetrack and seen it in person. I mean, I think you get a totally different perspective when you see these motorcycles in person, the sound of them, how fast we're going. We're four seconds, five seconds off the superbike and basically every track we go to. I mean, we're defying physics, we're defying odds. There's, there's no limits with these motorcycles. Every time we go out, we're going faster. We got this great rivalry. So every time we're going out, we're pushing each other. Uh, we're riding them at the limits now, as you can see it by a BIR, you know, we're starting to toss them down the road because we're all riding them at the limits. Um, you know, when we first started riding them on DOT tires, it was more about just don't override the tire. And, don't make any mistakes and just let the race come to you. Now we're full on sprint from the first session out. And so you got to be really mentally focused and try not to make any mental mistakes and be on. They make you focus. Uh, so I would just say come out to the races and come see for yourself because, uh, you know, we're, we're going properly fast. Yeah, so perhaps, I mean, you, you ride an M1000, our BMW, it's that it's super bike. So that's fast, like I work out. It's 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 still unbelievable to me because I have a direct comparison. I get off a basically super bike and then jump on a bagger and I'm within three seconds on my lap time on the other. It kind of makes me feel slow on the on the BMW, but then it makes me feel incredibly fast on the bagger. It's uh, I I read some of those comments sometimes and it it really just kind of pisses me off really it's like it's like tyler said come out to the races see what it's all about and um you know I, I can't really understand the perspective that they have negatively towards the bagger series it's a great championship between two american-made motorcycles and the racing's great the lap times are incredible the speeds we're going are insane um 
and I love all forms of racing. So I, I can't really understand this, the perspectives some people have on it. We talk, I talked to, uh, in the interview, Jeff Bailey from your team and Yarn Christensen from your team, Travis. And we talked about the fact that, as I alluded to, you guys are doing like five seconds a lap faster at every track. And um, obviously we've never been here before, so we don't have that. But there's got to be a point as this progresses, This you can't continue to knock five seconds off. It's just not going to be able to happen. Um, there's probably going to be a leveling off at some point here. Um, but... Or is it? I mean, what do you guys think? Is it? Are you, are you amazed at how much time, how much faster you're going this year than last year? Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't put, put any limits, limits on as fast or any lap times on these bikes. Where we're at and where we're starting it, you know, uh, you might have an idea how fast you think you're going to go, and then go there and make three seconds lap faster in the first session. Uh, the progression of the tires going from DOTs to slicks, the development of these motorcycles. It's really a development race at this point. Ground Ground players just, uh, you know, I see, you know, obviously we're getting closer to the pointy end of the stick, but, you know, I still see more potential with more time. And this bike has only been the third year of racing these motorcycles and and just uh, fine tuning them. And, you know, every time we go to a test, we find our time and more comfort and just, uh, so just being more comfortable and and finding more time and and then just look at Pushing each other as well. We all get better and we all start going faster. So there are no limits. Travis, let me ask you this in a little bit of a different way than I asked. So you guys are with the factory, Carly Davidson, and you develop parts all the time. And they're parts that are going to be used in street bikes or with screaming eagle with the performance section of Carly Davidson. But for the other teams that are on Harley's or the teams that are on any who may not be SNS and aren't Harley Davidson, uh, factory or streaming eagle. How do you feel? Do you think it should reach the point where it's going to be a little more leveled off to try to bring those guys a little bit closer to the front, or do you just like it the way it is right now and just like all out and try to, you know, extend the performance envelope as much as you can? No, I mean when we're pushing lap times within a few seconds of a, you know, a fully built superbike, at some point there we're going to level off, and you know, it, obviously the. The relationship with Harley's and Indian, and both want to beat each other. Pace is elevated like crazy, and the keeps stepping up. But I think at some point, my steps are going to get smaller. And um, I definitely don't want them to just keep exceeding, you know, any sort of limits where the privateer rider can't be competitive, like you see, you know, in in some superbike series. But um, I would say, you know, what Harley Davidson's doing by allowing you know, the privateer teams have purchased a lot of the parts that we develop for our bikes is a good thing. A lot of our parts are going to the Vance and Hines team, which is like a sister team to ours, and they've seen some big improvements in their program. Um, and I'm not sure what these guys are doing with the, you know, the other riders on Indians as well, but I'm sure it's it's helping those guys as well because we're seeing as the season goes on, we're having more guys closer to the front. So um, I think at some point, yeah, we're going to have to reach a ceiling. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's been really fun to be a part of the development of these bikes and to go from one year to the next and be going five, six seconds faster is, is unbelievable. I don't have much more race wise, but I think we should talk to both of them. They both have really good careers away from yeah. racing. They obviously both still like money. I mean, they, they, they both want to win that challenge and they're both doing this for they have a passion for racing. But we can start with you, Travis. Um, tell us a little bit about your other job. 
so yeah, so last year was pretty busy for me. I was working five different jobs and running my own racing team and um, working all in motorsports, essentially teaching in, in different car schools and, and the California Superbike School. Um, this year, I've I've cut back a lot of that um, racing for the Tyler's BMW team and racing for Factory Harley. Uh, I haven't had to put as much money into my programs this year as I have in the past, so I haven't had to work as much. So it's been nice because I've had more time to train and more time to test with the teams. Um, but this fall, I'll get back into the car coaching again and into the, the motorcycle coaching. But this year, my focus has been on this championship. And I think it's paid off because we're in a good place going into the last race. Okay, Tyler, yours has nothing to do with motorsports, but from what I've seen and heard, it's a really successful business. How does, how, well, tell us what you do and tell us how that, does the racing help that or is your mindset or, I mean, you're obviously a driven person, so are you driven in business as well? Yeah, it's, uh, business is like, like racing, it's competition and beating your rivals and evolving and adapting to the, you know, whatever your niche is. And, and like racing baggers, this is my niche, racing big, heavy motorcycles. Uh, me and my wife fixed up a barn on the property in 2013 and uh, we started a wedding and events venue. And uh, it's organically grown into a full-time gig. Um, primarily our clientele is from the East Coast and, um, you know, a lot of tech, um, Tesla. And, just very high-end establishment and we've kind of evolved to that uh peer of uh high-end events and weddings and um it's evolved and we've gone step by step at it so you know we're doing 25 30 events a year uh it's called olympia's valley estate um it's a, it's a way to diversify from the dairy farm which is you know 365 days a year hard work so we come from a family of hard work and and uh, no days off but like Travis said, you know, it's uh, having this opportunity to to race for a factory motorcycle uh, program like Indian has allowed me to spend more time training. I got a couple of Ninja 400s that I use for rental coaching. I go to the cart track every Monday and we're out training and ovales and really dedicated my craft to elevating my game every year to be the best that I can be. And, uh, you know, just uh, super grateful for this opportunity and this challenge ahead. And I feel like I'm ready and, and the pressure's on Travis. So that business, is it, is it like if I wanted to marry Sean, we show up there, is everything handled? Like, is that, is that how it works? I mean, you, you supply everything. We have a group of not marrying professionals <laughs> that know our venue. We have standards and good food and service. So we have preferred caterers. Uh, tables and chairs included. We do all set up and break down. We have a commercial use permit. So if you're looking at a venue that doesn't have a commercial use permit, your neighbor says the music's too loud, then you get shut down. Well, we're legit venues, so we got our commercial use permit, so we can actually do that. But a lot of that applies to racing. Professionals on and off the track, and uh, we take it very seriously. And it's a first-class uh, establishment, and just we're professional. You know, you know, Tyler, you made me think of something with the dairy farm thing. So when I was a kid, I grew up uh, near dairy farms and worked on them. I did hanging in the summer. But I, that's how I got into motorcycles. We used to go out on like little KE100 Kawasaki's and bring the cows in. Is that how you got involved in motorcycling? Uh, not so much. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's a way to get around the property for sure and, and run around and check fence or bring the cows in or just go tra cow trailing, which is probably one of my favorite things to do. Right. Yeah. But it's fun, right? I mean, that's how it evolved from that. So it's kind of interesting that you were in California, but 
that's that part of the country. I know Selena Moreda, she is on a farmers, has some farming in her background as well. So there's quite a bit of that in that area, isn't there? Yeah. Northern California, just to clarify that. We yes. are we are Northern California. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, now God's country down south then. <laughs> Let's go ahead and make that clear. <laughs> No, it's just, uh, it's, everyone's got a perspective with California, but we live in Northern California. There's a lot of dairy farms and agriculture and hardworking people. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, humble beginnings and just, you know, surrounded by hard work and, and, uh, you know, take, take it seriously. So, so Travis, Travis different, different question for you. You grew up in kind of central of Western New York, I was in Northern New York, but we're kind of from the same area and you have obviously the legacy of Harps. Harley Davidson, you've been born into Harley Davidson, born in motorcycles. Was there a point, either when you were younger, at some point, and I know you also do performance driving school and race cars, that you were like, ah, I'm not into this motorcycle thing, or have you always been that? No, from back when I can even remember, I mean, our, our dealership was actually on a 150-acre crop farm, too, so that's how we got our start, was riding dirt bikes around the, the property, and and, um, you know, having a dealership right there, I don't think the three of us really had a choice in what we were going to do when we grew up. Our parents got us involved in dirt bikes and, and, uh, basically we cut out a little track in one of the fields and, um, obviously there's competition right from the get go and we were pretty good at it. So it kind of took off, but I think, um, as a family, our focus was basically in flat track racing for so many years and being a Harley dealer and a family owned dealership. Our goal was to always be factory Harley riders in flat track. Those are the guys we looked up to and went to the races and got all their autographs and things like that. But to have it come around full circle, basically 20 some years later, and uh, we're factory Harley riders in road racing, it's uh, pretty damn cool. Yeah, and for you, it's it's always been fun. You've never lost the fun aspect of it. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say... Um, there was one point in my childhood when I was racing, I, I thought I was going to quit because I had a really scary crash at a race up in Canada and took some time away from it. But um, once I got back going again, I really elevated my program and uh, there was no looking back from there. I, I didn't really get involved with cars and coaching until I moved to Vegas. And that was about 10 years ago. Um, and I actually was doing bartending. And when I went out to Vegas, I was a bartender and um saw all the racetracks around in the area and got involved in more sports coaching and, and realized that I could make a career out of that as well. You know, if the racing ever came to a stop, but it's been great over the years to have the opportunity to teach and race at racetracks all over the world. And, um, I think that's definitely helped me in the last handful of years, just to stay focused and fresh on the racetracks and meeting people and learning from people constantly. And even though it's four wheels, it's all the same techniques, but it's, it's been great. I just want to touch on just business away from the racetrack. Uh, my business has taught me to race to the top. When I come to the racetrack, a lot of people are racing to the bottom and want to do it for cheaper and want to do it for free. So having that away from the track has made me understand that my time is very valuable. So when I come back to the racetrack, I'm shooting for the stars and I want to get paid well. And that's one thing that I'm trying to do here and for everybody. Yeah, because your gig's also a weekend gig. So when you're here, you're not there. Somebody else is doing your work for you. The missus. It doesn't make money. It doesn't make sense. Well, there you go. You know, for both you guys, I mean, you you both have done flat track. You did supermoto um, for quite a while. So you kind of understand, you know, 
steering with the rear end of the bike and all that kind of stuff. And you've also been, um, we've also seen both of you do have some kind of incredible saves. Uh, I want to ask you about your, the one at Laguna coming down the corkscrew. Did scared? Was it scary for you? Uh, it was just, uh, something I do after qualifying every time I'd wheelie and pre wheelie the corkscrew and then hit the backside, you know, well, I did a practice start out of turn four and my clutch was real grabby and, and I'm going up to five and six and then Eslick is behind me. I'm like, Oh yeah, Eslick, let's, let's do wheelie, you know? And then I just kind of mistimed it and I about looped it and just, uh, I was a, almost a damn fool, but, uh, you know, I, I held on, like my dad said, always hang on like Doug Henry and just wrote it out. And, you know, fortunately my boss, Gary Gray was up on the corkscrew and then everyone thought it was amazing. Cause I saved it. They was like, Oh, <laughs> it was not intentional, but I'm glad I wrote it out. I ended up breaking the front wheel and popping the front tire. And then I thought Danny Essig rear-ended me because my airbag went off. And just, oh, wow. Uh, it was just uh, kind of silly, but, you know, we're out here entertaining. And, you know, I think I'm probably one of the only ones doing wheelies on these things. And uh, it's just bike skills and just having fun and trying to put on a show for the fans. Well, yeah, Travis. So, of course, we got to mention not Pittsburgh the, the the last round, but Pittsburgh last year. You've had a couple of saves like that, but I'm going to mention that one. You were way off, uh, way off that bike, and still managed to control it. Was it scary? Uh, that was definitely one of my bigger moments for sure. Um, that corner, and it doesn't really suit my riding style, but I I learned this year to navigate it probably 140, 150 times in laps that I made around there that weekend, but. Um, yeah, that was a big one. Um, and thankfully I haven't had, you know, too many hairy moments on the Harleys this year. They're pretty stable motorcycles. So hopefully we can keep it that way. That was the start of his opera singing career, I think. too. <laughs> you did actually, <laughs> didn't you get a little bit hurt in that though? Didn't you pull a, your muscle or something? Uh, I tore my calf muscle. Tore, tore, yeah. yeah. Not just well, that was tough. tore it. So and Tyler, you didn't have anything happen in your, your corkscrew moment just now just don't do that again because we don't have any more wheels this was my uh wheel. my talk yeah 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 they always worry about flattening the steering bearings i've never heard of breaking a wheel coming down but that's a that's a lot of weight so um so i mean guys it, this is set up for the big thing happening we've got the challenge to start with go for that five thousand dollars but certainly the race with you guys three points separating you and and who knows if one of you are going to win it may not be either of you but somebody's going to end up with the championship this weekend, it's the final race of the year. And I think Kyle's got a somewhat of, math, of a mathematical chance, right, Paul? Um, yeah, these guys these both have, have to, to not do good things. Right. <laughs> very, very not good things. So, um, so, you know, we want to wish you the best of luck to both of you. I think it's awesome that it's Indian versus Harley Davidson. And uh, both teams are huge rivals, storied brands over the years. And, uh, you know, we've got a huge record crowd this weekend coming out to see this. So I think people are going to be paying attention to what this what's going on. It's not just about Medallia Superbike, but it's you guys in the, in the spotlight this weekend. So really, thanks for ju joining us. I mean, uh, an arm wrestling match, anything? Are we going to Indian oh, leg yeah. wrestling? Nothing, huh? You just get her at the pub. Okay. All right. No, I just want to say I have the most utmost respect for Tyler and what he does. And we're both professionals at this, but you know, where there is a rivalry at stake and a championship at stake as well. So it's going to make an exciting race for the fans for sure. Yeah. We can't wait to see it. And I, you know, I got a, I was a little leery of the whole baggers thing when it started, cause I'm kind of a purist, you know, and, and I've, you know, it's proven me wrong. Cause I think it's, uh, I think the championship has obviously come down to, like we said, three points you know, we've got a record setting crowd, the amount of pre 
pre-ticket sales that we've had for this event. And I'm, and that, ha- that has to have something to do with King of the Baggers. So, you know, congrats to these guys for helping us build this series to the point that it has. And I hope we can make sure we make all the right steps to so that the longevity of the, the class continues and we keep seeing good things. Cause I, you know, obviously there's more people that like it than don't like it. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. One thing I also, I just thought of and want to add. So we all know that Medallia Superbike is the premier class in our series for sure. But I do want to say this weekend for this final round of the Mission King of the Baggers Championship, Superbike is the undercard on Sunday at 2 o'clock. This guy, these guys are racing at 3, and it's going to be live on FS2. So it's not it's not taped. You're going to be able to watch it as it happen, uh, happens on FS2, so make sure you tune in. And that's actually a two-hour block, so you're going to be able to watch Superbike at 2 o'clock and then the big show with these guys at 3 o'clock. FS2 on Sunday from New Jersey Motorsports Park. Thanks for joining us. Guys. Yeah, good luck, boys. Yeah. Thank you.